Good morning. I am Arielle. I'm a compulsive overeater, bulimic, and restrictor. Hi there. I am so humbled to be here this morning. Um, wow. Um, to qualify, I have five years of abstinence, um, and that is uh, no purging three meals and optional snacks. Um, and uh, I do that one day at a time. Uh, bulimia really brought me to my knees in this program. Um, I'm sorry? Stand up? Oh. Hi. I feel really tall right now. Um, <laughs> okay. I want to welcome the newcomers. Um, it is so courageous for you to be here today. You know, turn to someone to your left or your right. There's like 40 million years of uh, recovery in this room. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, experience, strength, and hope. And um, and that's where I got here. Is I got I got hope where I couldn't get hope anywhere else. Um, and uh, um, I, my you know I I want to start off with God. I'm I'm kind of nervous this morning, man. Um, I wanted to start off with recovery. Uh, I didn't want to just dive right into my story. I want to give you guys kind of the, some of the good stuff up front. Um, I had 10 years of um, pretty dramatic bulimia, um, purging three to 12 times a day every single day. And that was my life. And um, I had tried everything. I tried diets. I tried therapy. I tried um, yoga. I tried everything and nothing worked for me um and today in my recovery i have a i've adopted a miracle minded consciousness and a miracle minded consciousness for me is there is what i define as god in everything that i do um when something great happens i say thank you god um when nothing's going on and I'm able to take like a quiet moment, you know, when it's not like drama and it's not great, it's just like blah. I'm able to sit with myself and say, thank you, God, for this peace and grace. Um, and when things are bad, I pray to my higher power to give me the strength to understand the lessons that I'm supposed to learn. Because for me, that is the big miracle, is when I'm in those desperate in dark places, I can reach out to a higher power who is there for me all the time. Um, so a miracle-minded consciousness, consciousness takes me out of me running the show and my ego, um, and uh, and it's a, it's really it's helped me tremendously. Um, and the second the second bit is um, being accountable. And at first, that was being accountable for every piece of food that came into my body. My first year of program, I had a food sponsor. I turned over all of my food. I was measuring food. I had help um, with a shopping list because I didn't know how to shop for groceries. Um, it was accountable to my service positions, accountable to my step work, accountable to my sponsor. Um, and then it was accountable to my sponsees. And that turned into you know, accountable to my clients, to my employees, to my relationships. Like, it just blossomed. But my crazy mind um, will take that accountability and turn it into perfectionism. 
So I need the bookend of the third step, which is to let go of the results. I need to be able to just let go of whatever happens after I take that action. Because my small mind, you know, it, it, it can't possibly predict what I can, what kind of miracles around the corner. You know, even if it goes badly, um, I believe my higher power is, is, is putting me in that place to learn a huge lesson. Um, and, uh, and I really get to grow um, with that combination. Um, and I, I'm a, an adult today. <laughs> I'm trying to be an adult today. Um, uh, my story is I'm the oldest of three girls uh, from the East Coast. Um, my parents, my mom is 100% Czech, my dad is 100% Italian, and um, and it was very schizophrenic growing up with food. My mom um, didn't allow any butter or sugar, or um, she was very restrictive in her cooking. Everything was like pickles and awful. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Eastern Bloc cooking. Um, and uh, my dad was you know, on the weekends, he would prepare these huge Italian meals. We started eating at 4 o'clock, and it went all night long, and it was like eight entrees of food, and um, it just, you know, it was, it was a, a family-accepted binge fest. So it was like all week long, we would like restrict with my mom's cooking, and then the weekend, it was like a free-for-all with my dad's cooking. Um, and so I was really confused uh, growing up about what food <laughs> I was supposed to be eating or what food meant really. Um, I ended up getting sick when I was eight years old uh, with appendicitis, and my uh, and I lost a lot of weight. Um, my sisters, my two younger sisters, ended up gaining a lot of weight. And I remember when I had come through the recovery, my mom coming home and my mom making my sisters. Um, run up and down this huge hill and putting them on diets and um, and then like pulling me aside and, and being like, honey, I'm going to take you out for ice cream, but don't tell your sisters because we don't want them, you know, they're not allowed to have ice cream. Um, and so I had like from an early age, I just had sort of shame about um, about food and this like good bad good and bad food um, and uh, and and that couple went. <laughs> You know, my, my crazy family history, um, there was a lot of paranoia going on in my household. Um, my father was a drug dealer um, in <laughs> Pennsylvania. That was, uh, yeah, an interesting, uh, interesting upbringing. And on like an international level, we're talking like planes and boats and all sorts of crazy things. Um, we had a long driveway so that if the FBI or the um, sheriff would come, you know, we would be able to see them coming down. We like hide stuff. We like safes behind artwork and uh, bunkers in the backyard. And, and we were given this like script from as early as you can like I can recall. There was a script of like, this is what you say when someone asks you what Daddy does. Daddy is an entrepreneur. It is a lot of amazing different things. Um, so lying was like one of my first introductions to how life works. Um, telling the truth was very dangerous. Was very, very, very dangerous for me and my family. Um, and I carried that into my adulthood. Um, I 
uh, I had from an early age learned to put on this, this mask of like everything looks really great on the outside, but on the inside it's just falling apart. Um, my, both my parents used drugs and alcohol heavily and, uh, and, and, and I think that I use the food, um, as a lot of us do to, to help with those feelings of fear and anxiety and, you know, no one's really around to take care of, of us. Um, we were kind of like on our own, fending for ourselves. Um, fast forward to high school, um, I remember going out one night, like 17, uh, getting really drunk at a party, and some boys took me um, into the woods and I was raped. Um, and <laughs> I, I tell the story because up until recovery, I had completely denied. I blocked it from my mind. I had convinced myself that it was my fault, that I was too drunk. Um, and, um, and, and what that happened, and the result of that, of keeping that secret, was that I wanted to disappear. That I started to starve myself because I thought if I was small enough, you just wouldn't notice me anymore. And I, I just didn't want to take up any more space on this earth. Like it just spun me into um, a, a depression, and I couldn't reach out to anyone. Um, my bullying here really kicked up in college when my father was arrested. I was really pissed off. Um, we lost our house. We lost all of our possessions. I remember going back home one weekend and literally all of our furniture was on the lawn. My mom was having this yard sale. My mom ended up having to go on welfare. And just that light switch, again, like, I just chose not to feel anything. It's like, it's fine. I don't need this. You know, it's totally fine. Um, and went back right into food. Um, food was my one and only thing. You know, drugs got me in trouble. Alcohol got me in trouble. Like, food was my safety. Food was the one thing that was not going to say no. It was not going to hurt me. I mean, it was my one and only comfort. Don't take that away from me. God, don't take that away from me. That was my one and only thing. It was my secret. The bulimia became my greatest secret. No one would know. No one would ever... Could, I would, it would take it to my grave. Um, and that alienated me. Those secrets just pushed people so far away because I could never really let them know what was really going on. Um, and it was just a really lonely existence. You know, in college, I'd just go from one cafe to the next, one bathroom to the next. Um, and somehow I graduated early, um, you know, with, with great grades um, uh, and uh, got my first job and hated it. I was just eating the entire time in the bathroom the whole time um, in a total fog. I uh, met a guy who seemed to be okay with all my crazy eating stuff. And I was like, okay, well, you're good enough for me. <laughs> you're not I said, I remember going to dinner one night and he was like, how do you eat so much and you stay so fit? And I was like, metabolism. <laughs> yeah, that was my response. Um, but yeah, that was, that was it. You know, I was like, great, um, wonderful. You know, uh, we ended up getting married. He needed a visa. 
I didn't tell my parents. We went to Vegas and got married. I didn't tell. My, I was crying the whole the whole time walking down the aisle. Like, this is wrong. You know, I know this is wrong. This is not what this is not what I deserve. But in the moment, that was all that that I could do. It was like a survival mechanism for me. This was this this guy was going to be my my savior. You know, he was going to save me. He was going to pay for all of my crazy food. Um, and, and truly, towards the end, I had like a $250 a day food habit. I would go Whole Foods, I would go, you know, the best places, and I'd get the most amazing food, and I would just have these like buffets all day long. And then, you know, my ex-husband would come home, and I would be resentful that he got, that he came home, because then I'd have to stop, you know, my, my binge and her chest. Um, like, oh, I've got to talk to this guy. Um, so, you know, it didn't last, it didn't last that long. I mean, I hung in there pretty, pretty long, really. If you think about it, it was a four, four year long jaunt. Um, but one day I just sat him down and I said, you know, you gotta go. I never loved you. We have to have a divorce. And he was like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, you need to leave. And he, I remember him crying, and like again that light switch, like I felt nothing. I was like, this guy is just interfering with like my relationship with food. Like that's that's what's meaningful in my life, you know. I just want to be with my food. And um, and he left, and I just, you know, I went for it. You know, I just drew the blinds. I mean, I'm talking like months of just binging and purging. That's all I did. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any friends. I mean, that was my life. And it got to the point where my mind got so crazy. Like, I have holes in the back of my teeth. I have um, root canals. My hair is falling out. My skin was, like, all gray. Um, and I just realized I couldn't stop. You know, it, it had me. I, that consciousness of, like, I would wake up in the morning and say, God, please, please, don't let me purge today. And then two hours later, you know, I'd be in the toilet. And, um, and I thought, I can't, I just, I can't live like this anymore. And one morning, I just imagined myself jumping off the balcony of my apartment. And I call it like my, my God call. I got a phone call from my ex-husband. And he said, oh, we got to talk about this bill. And I'm like, why are you calling me right now? <laughs> He's like, why are you crying? I said, I am a bulimic and I need help. And he said, what's a bulimic? <laughs> I said, I just have a problem with food and I need some help. And I got into a recovery center and I was there for eight months and I still couldn't stop purging. And the director sat me down one day and said, we're putting you in the hospital against your, your, your well. You're not getting this. And I said, please, just tell me, tell me what to do. I'll do anything. Just don't, I, I can't go to the hospital. And she said, go to OA. And I said, they talk about God in a way. Like my like God does not listen to me. Like it doesn't it doesn't work for me. And but I was so desperate that um that I went. And uh the first day I cried. I heard a woman share that I resonated with and I went up to her and asked her to be my sponsor. And I started working the steps and God willing, like that was the first day of my abstinence was my first OA meeting. That is an incredible miracle because nothing, nothing else, nothing else stopped it. Um, and I, and I think that 
it was the hope that I heard in that room that day. I'd never heard hope. I'd never heard someone who had my story that got through it. Um, and and so you guys became my, my higher power first. And, and then it turned into, you know, choosing to believe, like, these little miracles in my life, like, 10 days of abstinence, like, holy crap, that's a miracle. Like, okay, I'll, I'll give that to God, you know. 30 days, 60 days. Um, it just kept going. And, uh, and, and I will say that, like, you know, in the beginning, it's like all the emotions start coming up. And you think, okay, something's going wrong here because <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain. Like, nobody told me it was going to be this painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also learned that, like, the pain always passes. And it's, it's kind of like cracking the shell, you know? It's like you got to get through those hard, hard layers to get to, to get to the good stuff, to get to, um, really feeling. And I, and I do, I feel like my emotions now are, are a blessing. Um, I met a guy in recovery. He's in another program. And we dated for a couple of years and, uh, we married in May. And um, I uh, I did my amends actually in, in another program um, to my ex-husband, and he wouldn't accept them. Um, and and my living amends was I was I sent him a, a check for um, a large amount of money um, for all of the food that I had eaten on his tab. Um, and I treat my husband today with as much love and care and dignity as I should have my first um, that's my living amends and um, who knows like you know when I make another amends to him it may change um, but I, I, I really think that like living in life without having those, those weighty um, resentments you know just frees us up it's such a liberating thing um, work I was able to start my own company um, and we just doubled um, our staff this year moving into a new office and I would have never had the courage to do that um, the confidence to do that um, the self-worth to do that without this program um, and uh, the last the last bit of news I want to share is um, I just found out that I'm pregnant. Um, it happened on the first try, which was really insane. And um, and for most of my adult life, I thought that I could never conceive because of what I did to my body. And I share it with you guys today for the hope, you know, of um, the rejuvenation that our bodies are capable of. And also, just a call, you know, of support for you guys, like women in recovery going through, you know, a pregnancy. Like, I, I want your number. <laughs> um, I, I need to know, like, you know, how to do it. I want to hear, like, how you did it. Um, I had a, a sponsor, actually, who was pregnant who left program. And, um, and I've seen that a couple times, you know, like, I, I guess like this new life comes in and you get sucked into that and um, and I don't know until it happens for me but like I do know that I have to keep this like this is 
the top of the, the, the pyramid. It's the top of the pyramid, really. Oh, the bottom. No, I'm sorry. It's the bottom of the pyramid. It's holding the whole thing up. What are you talking about? Um, if, yeah, I, I, would do, I would do anything to keep this abstinence. Um, because today I have freedom from food obsession. Um, I, I eat meals and they nourish me and I enjoy them and then I move on in my life. I am not thinking about food. Um, and I'm not thinking about, you know, body image either. And I'm sure that's going to change once my body starts changing. Um, and this is like going to be a huge, huge lesson in, in acceptance and third step. Um, because I already am having absolutely no control <laughs> over what my body is doing. Um, and, uh, and it's a scary, it's a scary thing. I will say that in the five years of abstinence, I have been blessed. I have not really gained or lost any weight. Maybe two or three pounds in this program. I, I have no idea how. It's just like eating regular meals. You know, my abstinence is three meals a day and optional snacks and some light exercise. Um, but yeah, gaining like 30 pounds is, is a, a scary prospect, but I, I do know that um, I've got a lot of help. I don't have to do it alone. And um, you know, I'm so blessed to have amazing sponsees. I love you guys. I have a great sponsor. Um, and uh, I'm working my steps. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, I, I plan on keeping the cycle going, you know, no matter what. It's going to be imperfect. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, grateful. You know, it's, it's a blanketed statement, but I wouldn't have the life I have today. I wouldn't have it without this program. Like, nothing else works for me. Um, so, thank you guys for being here today. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are of my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Um, please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible in the OA podcast. Um, who would like to start? Yes. Thank you so much. I don't think we've ever had such a The story of your first marriage involved somebody who you, I assume, spent a fair amount of time with who didn't have a clue about what was going on. Uh, do you think you are a great deceiver, or do you think that anybody who now gives you the attention you want to have would have to know when something like that is going on? So your question is, uh, in my first relationship, you know, he didn't know what was going on, and uh, if I was just a great deceiver, or if, sorry. Or, or for you today, as somebody you had an So if, if today, if someone didn't notice, you know, uh, something something was going on with me, um, I, I I just I think I live in so much honesty today 
that um, deception is is just not an option. It's a good question, though. Um, truth is for me the 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 building block of of this program. Coming in here and opening up my mouth and saying I'm I'm bulimic. The first day, my first um, meeting ever was huge. I'd never uttered that word before. Um, so uh, it is part, you know, it is part of my sort of loose, like, general abstinence is, is to, to be truthful and, and to all people in all ways. So, yeah. uh, so the question was, um, with my relationship like with my my family today it's a great question um it's actually really really great um it's taken a lot of work though <laughs> um in the beginning i i feel like i had to educate my parents telling my parents um that i was a, a bulimic and a compulsive overeater i was so terrified of it um but once i did it it was like huge relief it was like a huge weight just off of my back and um they didn't really get it at first um i remember my first year for christmas and thanksgiving i had explained to them that i wouldn't be coming home for the holiday that um i needed to care self-care and i don't even know if they knew what that word was so i like self-care <laughs> um i said well you know i just i I'm so sensitive right now with food that I need to be around, you know, I need to be around my people. Um, and they didn't really like it, but that's what I needed to do. And um, and I got a bunch of my fellows together and we had, um, you know, Thanksgiving meal and Christmas meal together. Um, and it just felt so good to kind of put that, that boundary and that insulation up. You know, just to say, you know, I'm just going to do this right now for me. Just, just this, this, this time. Um, but I would say the, the, the hardest road was with my father, because he was away for 10 years. So he missed, like, a huge part of my life. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a slow, it's a slow process. And so much forgiveness, you know, so much forgiveness, um, on, on my part, which I wasn't willing to do before. But they say, you know, forgiveness is no favor. Um, it only harms, you know, it only harms you when you don't, when you aren't able to do it. So, um, so forgiveness, yeah. And I talked to my parents, they're on the East Coast. I moved far away from them. <laughs> um, but I talked to them, you know, I spent holidays with them. And uh, I'm really grateful that they're in my life today. Like really, really grateful. So, yeah. Thank you so much. How do you, um, all the potential anxieties of your business, your marriage, being pregnant, abstinence, how have you... Thank you. Now that I have my brain back, um, <laughs> how do I, how do I um, handle all the anxieties and, and um, responsibilities of my big life today is a great question. Um, and uh, I am working my steps with my sponsor very slowly. Um, it's funny, I'm actually I'm on my fourth step again. And, um, and I'm having a difficult time moving through it because I, 
<clears throat> I keep saying to my sponsor, like, I don't like, I don't have any resentments right now. Like, my life is really good. You know, it wasn't like the first time I did my fourth step where I had like an ocean of stuff to write down. Um, but that's the proof that, you know, like the, the steps work. You know, this is the fifth time that I'm doing my fourth step. Um, not, it's not going to be like it was the first time around. So having acceptance of like change even in the program, um, and meditation and prayer is like, crucial, totally crucial for me. Um, I try to pray and meditate every day imperfectly, um, but it is just that moment that I can connect with my higher power and just um, and just be present and, and trust that whatever the day is going to bring, it's going to be okay. Um, and I will say that um, pregnancy hormones are kind of awesome and they kind of suck. <laughs> They're kind of awesome because I feel really like super peaceful most of the time. I just have this like kind of zen um, kind of overlap to my life. It's like, you know, it's all going to work out. I don't know how. I don't have it figured out, but it's going to work out somehow. And that's a really nice place to be in. Thanks. Thank you so much for your lead. Great question. Um, How I've dealt with rape and forgiveness. I think it's been uh, through working with others on it, really, has been the, the greatest gift that, um, that that experience doesn't have to necessarily stay in this really dark um, and uh, awful place, that something good can grow from that. Um, and that, that good growth is, um, is hope. And, and empathy and being able to reach out to other women and say, you know, you're not alone with this and, you know, you're not bad. Um, and it was tricky, like, working through that, like, victim sensibility, you know, like, it was done to me and, you know, um, that, that, was, that really required, I think, a lot of self-forgiveness, actually and self-love to get out of that sort of victim mode. And I did a lot of writing on it. I did a sex inventory. Um, and uh, But I, I truly think that the, the healing for me has been, you know, working with, with others on it and not keeping it this really dark, awful secret anymore. The more I talk about it, it's like the more light is allowed into it and it takes its power away. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your use of the tool, the telephone. Oh. On, 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 um, you know, calling my sponsor every day and thinking, like, this person, like, really is going to listen to my crap every day? <laughs> like, who is this person? Um, it was really hard to open up and to be vulnerable and, um, and to trust. And, uh, and, and the phone was, you know, it still is kind of a hard thing for me sometimes. But I think it gets a lot easier. And the more connections that we make to each other, um, just opens up 
more opportunities for phone calls. You know, like I'll get phone calls or I'll call, you know, another fellow, sometimes about service position or something like this. But there's always, in my day, I now have a daily phone um, schedule. I have a phone schedule with my sponsor and my sponsees. And then, you know, whatever else, you know, happens to fall into that. And... Um, and it's been some great God shots, you know. Like I always tell, um, you know, newcomers, like call because you don't, you don't know how much you're helping that other person sometimes. Like I remember getting a, a phone call before, like a huge, scary um, meeting for work, and it was an outreach call. And just taking that time to talk about recovery to a fellow right before this this big scary thing got me so out of my head and um and I you know I was so grateful for that um that that constant contact it's a wonderful thing thank you for that question great question uh, my concept of a higher power has changed you know dramatically over the years um in in the beginning it was simply like you know the room um, the the hope and the recovery that I saw in the room. Um, my my higher power really has come to me more intimately through prayer and meditation, um, and walks in nature and um, that that miracle minded consciousness that I spoke about earlier. It's it's really having that that constant um, reminder that there is God in everything. Um, and it's only been through the challenges that I've experienced in the dark moments that my faith has allowed me to um, to deepen that connection. Everything um, was great all the time. It was like, my God would be, you know, very kind of one-dimensional. But because I've gone through... Um, these trials it's like my my higher power is just so big and so awesome um, and is with me at all times when no when no one else is there sometimes it's like my higher power is always there so um, it's I think it's a constantly evolving thing you know that's the great thing about this program is it doesn't have to be you know um, this this like the the white guy with the beard you know like <laughs> it can be so many different things and I love that freedom, and and um, and I get to make, in, in that way I get to make it really personal in my yeah. How long was that? So did you ever feel there, and then how do you come back from there? Uh, ridiculous. In terms of how the higher power is. Yeah. Have I had moments of of doubt and ridiculousness <laughs> um, about my higher power? Um, yeah. I've certainly had doubts, you know, about my higher power. Because when terrible things happen, you know, my my logical mind wants to be like, well, my higher power wouldn't let this happen. You know, like, this is really messed up. Um, But it is in those moments that, like, I can either, you know, choose to... um, to let my mind kind of take over or I can choose to let my heart take over. And really, it comes down to patience, you know? If I'm only patient enough, you know, the answer is going to reveal itself to me. Um, it's not in my time, you know? 
um, I'm constantly asking for guidance from my higher power. And I don't always get it, and I don't always get the answer that I want either. Um, I think that's the hardest thing. It's like we reach out, and we're like, please, like, show us the way. Like, show us the way, show us the way. And God's like, hey, go, here's the way. And it's like, no, I don't want that way. I want the other way. <laughs> um, but it's like, well, it, maybe, maybe if I take this this route, like something's gonna happen that is unexpected, um, that's just out of the blue, something lesson to be learned, you know. And so I I have really tried to stay on that path and not let my my mind because my I can't my mind cannot be trusted. It really can't. Um, I I I follow my heart and. Even if I, I don't want to, you know, call it like higher power. If I'm in that moment of like, I'm just not liking this right now. I'll just call it, you know, following my intuition in my heart, and that'll lead me back to my higher power. Didn't deal with in the past marriage. Mm-hmm. I deal with in the current marriage. Mm-hmm. And you're relatively newlywed, and you're a second mom, and all this great stuff has happened. Little remnants of stuff come up in the current marriage, even though you're new in it. That you and how do you use program to deal? Great question. Um, how do I use program to deal with the things that come up in marriage um, that came up maybe originally in the first one? And it's true. You know, it's like. Um, it's this repetitive, um, it's almost like this repetitive reel, you know, this like movie reel. It just comes back to haunt you again and again and again. You don't deal with it. It's very true. Um, I think, you know, my fears, um, my fears getting in the way a lot of times of, of my relationships. And, um, and, the good news is that I now have someone I can speak this language to who's in program. We go to meetings together. Um, we go on hikes together. Um, we aren't using other, substance, other substances to cover up all of those issues that I used to cover up. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a lot harder in that way that like you've got to deal with these things when they come up and it's painful, and you want to run away, um, but something just keeps keeps us coming back to, you know, working on it and talking it out, um, and forgiveness, again, like, it's been kind of the, the theme of my lead today, um, you know, I just had a, an argument with my husband a couple days ago, and, like, I was so right, you know, I was so right in this. <laughs> But it's like that thing. It's like you can either be right or you can be happy. And I just, you know, I've just been writing about it and and praying about it and just like every day just please let like a piece of this resentment, you know, melt away because I love this man. And and we talked about it, but it's like you can only talk about it for so long, you know. Then it's like, okay, we're just beating the horse up here. It's it's me doing the work. Um... And uh, and I know that he does the work too, so it's a two you know relationships are two way streets, um, and uh, and and communication is 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 always the key. In my last marriage, we had zero zero communication, 
Um, so this is kind of a, a new and wonderful thing for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your share. Um, and, you know, let's say you're... Yeah. Really for you. Okay. Uh, how do I choose the, the healthy path and how do I, how do I hear, you know, God, you know, in, in our crazy heads? You know, that's a great question. And, and it was a, a huge question for me, you know, in my first couple years. It was like, how do I trust myself? You know, I hear this voice. Is it my disease voice? Is it my God voice? Like, what, what is it? And really, it was kind of just, in the beginning, trial by error. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. And I think that the forgiveness piece, again, is like, can you move through it? It's like, okay, maybe, you know, Maybe the disease won this, this crazy thinking right now. Um, what can I do next time? Can I make a call? You know, I should probably talk to my sponsor about this next time. <laughs> um, all these little things, these tools that we have, um, help kind of, um, maybe like, I don't know, it just helps clarify. And I've gotten to the point now where I can feel it in my gut. Like, when my diseased mind is, is trying to direct me in, in, in some direction, like, I can feel it. It just doesn't feel right. You know, like, um, it'll be an emotion or it'll be even, like, a physical ailment sometimes. Like, it's, um, it's a practice. It's a muscle almost. You know, we go to the gym and we work out our muscles. Well, it's like you got to work out our, our God muscle, too. It's a daily reprieve and a daily practice. And one day at a time, you know, I'm, I'm getting to trust it more and more. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay, thank you.